Hello everyone, welcome to our first official Thumbao Talks. Let's not talk about the unofficial ones, because <laughs> they've been a lot of them. My name's Aurora. I'm Cisco, and this is episode 1, correct? 1.73. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Anyway, today we are finally ready to record something. Cisco didn't actually want to be here. He said, I'm free on Saturday. And I'm like, great. And he's like, no podcasting before I could finish my sentence. I hung up, very angry, checked my calendar and realized we already had the podcast scheduled for that day. Yeah, apparently I planned it. I think we agreed to it in December when we discussed because this girl just likes to plan ahead. And what yeah, an awful trait to I, have. I committed to it, so I had no choice. So I'm here. He's a man of his word. We will, we will give you that, Cisco. Hey, everyone. Aurora here. I just wanted to come in and give you guys an idea of what we're doing out here. So Cisco and I have wanted to do a podcast for a very long time. We wanted to discuss a lot of sound design, a lot of the DJ's experience, some of the behind the scenes that doesn't get talked about enough in the salsa and bachata scene. But, you know, I would argue is just as important as all of the things that we do as dancers. We are both based out of Toronto, Canada. I am a competitive salsa dancer, also dabble a little bit here in bachata, and Cisco has a huge list of accomplishments as a DJ. He has run so many successful local events, he has traveled a lot internationally, and we've always bonded over our shared love for music. We recognize that that conversation doesn't get to happen a lot, especially between. We really hope you enjoy it, and if you want to hear more, please give us a shout on any of our socials, we'll have them linked, and... Thanks for being here. We really appreciate it. Welcome to Thumbao Talks, everyone. We are here with no idea what we're going to talk about. And by we, I mean <laughs> Cisco, because I am still type A. <laughs> so, Cisco. I yes. I was thinking today we would talk Ooh. about something that came from a recent discussion, which we've had many times before. Okay. And it was the importance of having DJs just as well thought out as your guests and artists are for congresses. The way I would almost phrase it is <coughs> one bad DJ is equivalent to 10 bad artists. Well, I think that like right now, just the way the, I would say Congress circuit is going is that a lot of people tend to just bring DJs based off their social media exposure, the amount of numbers or people they can bring, right? So it's not really focused on the actual skill set of being a DJ, not just like, you know, presentation, but also in terms of, you know, music, quality, controlling the vibe, controlling the crowd and, you know, creating a night and separating, you know, how each night will sound. So I think that a lot of festivals and congresses actually don't look too much into DJs and they kind of that's kind of one of the areas that they actually like to cut costs and unfortunately I think that that's one of the reasons why a lot of events are just kind of stale and a lot of dancers don't even come down and dance because there's no inspiration right they come down towards the end of the night so that's pretty much where things have been going right now in the scene I think that DJs are not the ones that traditionally are the ones selling numbers like people on the lineup will prioritize the dancers that they want to learn from or they want to dance with 
So I, I don't know if organizers can fully quantify their value, but the way I think about it, like as a DJ, you control not just the dancers that are attending, but also the artists. Yeah, of course. Like, you know, it's um, it's it's very important thing for an event to to very meticulously, you know, pick DJs that can work together and create, you know, a good vibe together. You know, like I've seen events that have ten to fifteen DJs. That's crazy. Doing like forty-five minutes, thirty-minute sets. Sometimes it's thirty-minute sets. It's crazy, and that makes no sense, you know. But then there's other events where I've seen them hire only maybe three, four DJs who have a good chemistry, good connection together, and you know are playing back and forth. But they just they understand each other. They understand the mission. So I think that you know right now, like you know, for me, whenever I get invited to an event, I I take a look at that. You know, if if I'm one of ten or one of four to me that determines why why they want me there do they actually just want my name or like they appreciate the skill sets that i have so it's kind of weird the way things have been going i also just find that when a social starts the first thing people walk in before you get a dance you kind of rake in the sound what's going on and there's so many times where whether it's an artist or a dancer doesn't matter how skilled they are like they'll walk in and they'll be like Ugh, like their ears you could just see the pain because the sound's not set up well or the dj's quality isn't up to par and then it doesn't matter how good of a dancer has walked into the room they don't feel like dancing or they tire out or there'll be those scenarios where djs maybe aren't playing for the night in an optimal way i've been to even socials where there's like a, a sought after artist and then each song is like five minutes so the artist is dying of exhaustion that everybody's not getting the exposure to the artist like getting to dance with them and i feel like congresses are just that on steroids yeah it's 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 become weird like um you know for me i I think one of the the funnest times i had djing at a festival was in uh and actually, in, in China for Salsa Me Mucho. And um, when I got there, there was only three DJs for the whole festival. And I was like, oh, my God. But basically, <clears throat> you know, we had kind of one DJ would start and then the other DJ would take over for the rest of the night. And it would give us time to kind of create a good vibe. And at the same time, you know, kind of motivate each other because, you know, Friday night you had this DJ being kind of like the head, the headliner and then. Saturday night, you know, I would open up and then the other DJ would be the headliner. So we kind of like set up the night for him. But at the same time, you know, like we we would always kind of come early, set up the sound and, you know, see how things sounded. Because even as a a DJ, when you're behind the, the turntables, you get excited, right? You don't realize how loud you're playing the music because the energy just gets the best of you and, and you know sometimes you're even playing the music a bit too high or the levels off so like even for me right now in, in, in Toronto there's very few I wouldn't say DJs but individuals that I trust in terms of their knowledge of how I want things to sound so I always ask them hey you know when I'm DJing I look at them you know how is it how's the sound and, and they give me little ups or downs because I understand what they mean because we have that understanding of how we want particular things to sound right so so what you're saying is with DJs unlike maybe for artists 
it's not just about showing up and doing your thing, but it's actually really important how you guys play with each other, essentially. 100%. Yeah. And that probably isn't talked about at all. At least nothing that I've come across. I know we've spoken about it. Yeah. But I remember you were telling me about how sometimes you'll have group chats. You'll be the head DJ and then the DJs for the festival and you'll kind of be able to update each other on how a night is going yeah. leading up to the event, just breaking down how you're distributing your time, your energy, all of that. Do you think that that is the responsibility of the head DJ or the Congress organizer? I, that's a good question. I think that that should be the head DJ's responsibility for him to kind of take that action to try to control how the, how I would say the salsa room or the bachata room you know, works, right? But at the same time, like, you know, having the right people that work well together who can communicate properly will make things easier. Like, you know, at the Canada Salsa and Bachata Congress, um, in the Bachata Room, we have myself, Duck, and Nico, and, you know, all three of us throughout the weekend, we had a, a group chat, and we always discussed music, like, yo, did you play this song on Friday? Did you play that song on Saturday? You know, this whole sensual versus traditional, how are we going to balance things out? You know, and we didn't necessarily want to say, okay, you know, this night's going to be more sensual than the other night. We just wanted a, a, a bachata room. So we, all three of us, you know, talked like every day pretty much to figure out, to make sure we had the right music and the right balance. So we just constantly shared music. Yo, Cisco's coming up. Don't play this. I played this song don't play this Romeo I played it I'm like okay no problem so like that it kept things fresh and nice throughout the night and wait I don't think that people know this either but you mentioned that you share like the logs of what you've played in the night before yeah. amongst the DJs so it's in front of them to reference yeah well we we kind of talk about it like <laughs> for me it's weird because I I'm very good at just knowing what I played and, and knowing what other DJs played so like I stayed in the bachata room that whole weekend because I wanted to make sure it sounded the way we wanted it to sound. So I made sure that I did not repeat tracks. Like, I have a good memory that way, and that's because I guess I've just been doing it so long, so I'm used to it. But, you know, we would always share tracks in, in terms of, like, you know, those bangers, the, the, the new songs that are out there, the ones that will that will help establish the energy and help build the night. So... We would make sure that we would make sure that certain songs would be played on Saturday versus Friday versus Sunday. Hmm. And also to kind of reel it back, I don't think a lot of people know what a head DJ is and what they do. So do you want to tell them about that? Oof. I think it depends on what um, your expectations are for the festival. Um, like I've I've done it a couple of times, and for me was. I was there anytime audio was being played. So anytime workshops were happening, you know, um, tech rehearsal, even though I wasn't the tech DJ or even though I, I didn't have to be there for the workshops, I just wanted to make sure that anything to do with sound, I would be there to make sure that I can help fix, monitor, or adjust for them. And then even when it came to my DJ's sets, I would be there just to listen to them, see how they're feeling, how's the vibe, and help them out with whatever they needed so i think that so you're kind of like the house mom <laughs> yes <laughs> you're kind of like you know just overseeing Did you things bring snacks? <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah rum and coke that's their snacks oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know i think it's it's important for for you to be the the person that 
supports that side of the event, whether it be DJing or just, you know, audio situations, right? So and that do you come up with a DJ schedule? So if you have Yes. Okay. Yeah. So like and at the same time that you know, as as a head DJ, you know your DJs. So you gotta put them in the best hours. What that won't make if you sense. Don't? Get to know your DJs. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all right? Instagrams better be popping. Cisco's yeah, exactly. watching. <laughs> you know, get He's to know watching. your DJs and just, you know, put them in the right order. I'm going to watch every DJ sweat <laughs> when you walk into the room now. They're going to be it's, it's, you, know, <laughs> you know, when I walk into the room, the first thing I, I listen to is, is just the sound. You know, I was always, you know, I was always taught, you know, quality. Always sound good. Don't worry about playing some song from 1962 that only 20 records came out and you, you may have it you know like you don't get extra <laughs> points for that <laughs> yeah maybe back in the days but you know things have changed technology is different and you know crowds are bigger so you know you need better quality music because sound only bounces so far right so with things being so different it's it's just a lot harder for you to play those rare rare songs which is why i even tell a lot of like salsa djs I love salsa do that. That's that's why I got into it. But even now, things have changed, and there's a lot of new salsa that's taking a lot of the old recordings mm-hmm. and bringing it up to standards, and it's just easier for the years. And yeah, remix and remaster. Exactly, and easier for everyone to listen to. So if you're a head DJ and you're setting out the DJ schedule, there's got to be there's gotta be fights. Look, if I'm not in the front of a dance routine, I know I feel some sort of way. Just do solo. Okay, so <laughs> you know but what? How do you balance e- that? Every DJ wants to close the night because every DJ thinks that is the important part. You can look at it in many different ways. Um, for me, I love opening because then it gives me the chance to set the mood, set the tone, set the energy for the night, and then socialize. The other side of being a DJ, you know, socialize, get to dance and, and meet people who support you, right? I guess from, you know, when you're the head DJ, your job is to, I think, put your ego aside and let the other people shine because you're in that position for a reason and you should always be the one opening up and setting the tone so your invited DJs, your invited guests can shine, you know? So, but yeah, there's always, there's always fights, you know, everyone wants to close Saturday night, everyone wants to close Sunday night. You know, and for me, it's just I think that a lot of people need to stop trying to showcase and just kind of enjoy the moment because things go by so quick and there's going to be many festivals, many events and many opportunities for you to get the chance to do that. Wait, so you're talking about two things, though. One is how important it is to socialize. And then another is also how much you like to be in the room, taking in everything that's going on. And I'm sure in some cases a DJ can do both at the same time. But if I'm like a new DJ hitting the scene at a Congress, how do I balance the two? What's more important? What's going to push me forward? Hmm. I would say um, it's a trick question. Like what would push you forward? You need both. You got to socialize. You got to put yourself out there. It's as much as something we love. It's still a business and it's a social business where you got to really put yourself out there and have strong skin you know Mm -hmm. and also you know when it comes to just the music like djing you know of course you're closing all the artists are coming down so they're gonna hear you right you're gonna be the Mm -hmm. the main center of attention which i get it but you know you also can be that center of attention by 
dancing and be like, yeah, you know, this is the, the DJ who just opened up and like, look at him. He's out there having a great time and enjoying other DJs music. It kind of shows your humbleness, right? And your, 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 I guess will help you move forward, especially when it comes to events. You know, it's important for you to social dance. It, it, it organizers love seeing that. And if you're just that type of DJ who just comes downstairs for your set with your group of six, seven people, you know, everyone kind of, you know, huddling around you and then you finish your set and then you just leave. It just doesn't look good on you. At least for me, when I see that, it's it's irritating. I would assume it also gives you the perspective that you need because, I mean, if you're talking about some DJs prioritizing records for how rare they are, that's only appreciated from one perspective. Like a dancer, a social dancer might not care about that at all. Like it might just go right over their head or you know just not even be the right type of song to dance to so does it help you get that perspective of how you can dj better and have you had any moments that stand out where you've really had some realizations um yeah like i would i would say um first um the one moment i did have that i like in terms of you know when i when i played a song that i that I had that wasn't a record song. It was actually a song here from Toronto. Um, when I was in San Antonio the first time for B.I.G. And um, I wasn't even the, the closing DJ. I was the middle set DJ. <laughs> you know, the, the connecting bridge, as they say, right? The one that keeps the energy going from the opening to the, to the end. And, um, you know, I had to play something that for me was like, okay, it's going to elevate keep the energy going but at the same time it's not gonna um surpass the next dj and it's not gonna you know i'm gonna just leave it in the bang and then walk away so you know and and, and i had a, and i played um a song from like a, one of my vinyls that i ripped and it, it it hit hard and at that moment i realized oh shit <laughs> like did, i don't think that this is what i wanted it to to do Wait, you know and re rewind why did you not want it to do that because it, it just it was way too much energy it it really elevated the night to what not the night but that moment it elevated to like a really high energy and, and the fact that i had maybe like two three songs next before the next dj came on you know i had to that's when i realized okay i had to tone it down mm -hmm. so when he comes on he can help cater not cater, sorry, carry on that that energy, right? That vibe. So, you know, I played something that was way too hard, way too hard hitting, way too salsa duda that, you know, the dancers went crazy. They all loved it. And I had to just reset that and come back with something a little bit more slow, mellow, and, and build it up again. So the other DJ came on. I think that that's when I realized, you know, a lot of the salsas that was from back in the days, the vinyls are just, they're great. They're great tracks, but it's just, it's, it's, I don't think that, you know, having, playing that all night would make sense for me considering the time slot that I had at the moment, right? But did you ever have those moments while you were the dancer? Oh yeah, I have that. Like I experienced that, <laughs> but that's just that's just me. Like I I'm I cannot help but like there's a lot of DJs who to me I think play wonderful music and sometimes at the wrong time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's like, like when i see dancers who are phenomenal dancers but when they're maybe like doing a choreography 
they didn't put the moves in the right order in the right places so that we could fully appreciate them yeah and i remember i don't know if there's like if this translates in any way but i remember when i was training with i believe it was anya anya katevnin she told me when i was choreographing a hit for my solo she was like and if it wasn't her i'm sorry but i'm pretty sure it was because it was great advice claim it claim it if it was (laughs) um she said it doesn't really matter it doesn't just matter what your hit is it matters what's right before it and what's after it and i think there's this we for, we all try to be superstars and do all these like incredible things but we forget that it matters how you do it where you do it so you can actually appreciate it yeah of course and like even you know when it comes to the the, the djing aspect i think that um you got to you got to make those mistakes to learn right and um you know i i was i think blessed enough that i did tons of socials and small events before i got, I got to something to that level where it was at a bigger stage so, so speaking of smaller socials versus congresses do you yeah. find that they are harder it is harder to do a smaller social when it comes to the vibe manipulation um yes because it's just a lot less people mm-hmm. and it just you know the you don't have like that you know you don't have people in from out of town right you don't have artists. I think there's in. an expectation with congresses with how a night should feel. Exactly. Which you can, I guess, just you can use that to your benefit. And you can yeah. piggyback on that. I think people are really open to having a different night. They're really open to having an extra long night. And they've had some like more likely to drink than not. Yeah. If they if they don't usually go out and party, they're like ready for it. So I think you can cater to that really well. But I think now one one thing I really want to pivot into is the DJ artist relationship. I haven't gotten to travel to as many congresses as I've wanted, but one thing I've noticed from stories, the few that I've been to, um, and then now just my assumption is that it's really understated how a strong relationship between the artists and the DJs can completely push a congress to heights to oh the yeah next heights huge do you huge. find that it's hard to build that relationship like how did that come i know it's been years for you but every once in a while i think even you're around artists that you haven't gotten to spend time with or whatever and how do you how do you prioritize that so that the rest of your your congress event can go as well as possible what do you mean like the way they they connect what do you mean the way they interact or yeah i mean Obviously, DJs are humans, artists are humans, and when we see people that we're friends with or that we're fond of, we just show up with a different energy. And from what I've seen, like, you know, when you're doing a bachata set and the artists that you're really close with walk in, like, it it, it almost feels like the energy is just yeah. going <laughs> higher and higher and higher. There's, you guys are feeding off each other. Yeah, I think that... um it's hard because that's something that I, I build throughout the years with a lot of artists. So it's, I think that that comes with, that comes with time as a, as a DJ. The more you're out there and the more you... Break it down. What if it's like you're, again, first Congress as a DJ, someone's trying to get into that role. How do they prioritize that? What does it look like? I would like? say that comes with the idea of socializing, you know? Go talk to them, meet them, introduce yourself. You know, don't be afraid to mingle with them, you know, like... 
yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I just started DJing, you know, introduce yourself and, and, you know, they might come down and support you or they might come hear you out because, you know, you took the time to kind of just, you know, acknowledge them and introduce yourself as well, right? So, you know, when it comes to DJing and, and doing that, I think that that is, that is very important. That's just, that is what I did, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. When I first started, I, I remember, actually, <laughs> I went to Salsa Glam in Montreal my first, first, I would say, big festival, shout-outs to Guestly, and um, I did not know anybody there. Like, it was my first, first event. Wow, and what a breath of fresh air. <laughs> <laughs> I walk down the street with you. And Everyone knows you. <laughs> and, you know, I went with uh, a good buddy of mine, um, Gustavo, who, who was back then, not now because he's retired, like, badass salsa dancer. So he would, he used to travel everywhere and dance, and, yeah, yeah, I know. He's retired now, though. So, like, you know, I went down there with him, and he knew everyone, and he actually never introduced me to people. He always said to me, introduce yourself, mm-hmm. you know, talk to them. And I did. I, I started, you know, I met for the first time there, Fausto, with his, with his, old, with his old team. And I met Shanine from New York there, you know, and I met Leon Rose, and, like, so many. I met Rodrigo. Like, I met so many of these new dancers, to me, new dancers, not knowing they were, like, really well-known dancers, and introduced myself. And then the following year, you know, Salsa Glam, this, this, the following year again, you know, I got to see them again, and they saw me again, and they remembered, and, you know, slowly started building on that relationship. And then I, I guess as I grew as a DJ and started doing different events around the world, I, I saw them everywhere else. So we kind of just kept touching base with each other. So I think that... You know, starting off, the important thing for you is, like I said, you know. Not me. I'm not going to be a DJ. <laughs> don't worry. Like I said to you guys, you know. this dance thing. <laughs> you know, having an opening set is actually a, a huge blessing in disguise. And you guys don't see that because it gives you the chance to mingle and socialize. Oh, like you're so nervous before your sets. I don't think people <laughs> know that. Like, Cisco, <coughs> before his sets, you can't talk to him. He's honestly I, I was about to make fun of myself. Your anxiety level goes to what mine normally is on a day. Well, I would say now. Back then, it wasn't. I you was weren't just, nervous before. No, I was as excited. But now, I think that there's just a lot of expectations and pressure mm. because of, I think, you know, people's ex- excitement for me or to hear me play. I don't know. Well, Cisco's also a sponge, which <laughs> I think kind of goes into being a DJ where he'll absorb the energy around him so i remember i was like why are we not going to performances you're so annoying like who needs to sleep this much you've been sleeping all day and he was like no like i'll i'll like get all all like confused and distracted i can't take that much energy and i was like oh okay fair enough so he kind of has to go hide in a room while we're watching like karen and ricardo do 25,000 spins <laughs> and enjoying every second of it because it just overwhelms him. And it feels I'm like hiding. he's the one getting spun, <laughs> not the DJ or, you know. You know yeah, and I just feel like now as, as things progress in my DJing career, it's um, it's gotten worse, <laughs> at least at festivals or congresses. Socials, I, I don't mind. I don't, I don't get like that. It's, 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 it's just fun, right? But, you know, congresses and festivals, are just, there's just, there's just expectations there, right? And I just want to make sure that I always deliver. So, you know, even last year at the at like this was the first time in my life that I had a full blown out 
panic attack. And not because, you know, um, I was DJing. It's because I was closing Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. And I was like, shit. And it just. Yeah, worst it, after party after. <laughs> I just, worst I after felt, party. I felt the pressure. Like, I felt like, okay. And then it was the bachata room, man. I wish they put me in the salsa room because the bachata room is like, it, you got to deal with sensual dancers, traditional dancers, modern dancers, whatever fusion type of bachata dancers they have nowadays, you know, and it's... You bachateros are real lucky Cisco doesn't have any hair. Otherwise, <laughs> you would be the reason he was balding. Y'all would be the reason. <laughs> and it's it's hard to cater to everyone. It's hard to balance out. But that's something that me, Nico, and Duck really wanted to push this year was to have a bachata room, not a central bachata room or a traditional bachata room or, you know, make this a central congress. We just want to make it a bachata room. And, and I think that we... We delivered that, but at the same time, like, you know, having my boys ahead of me and then I had to close, I just felt the pressure of I need to make sure that I did what these guys were able to lead up and give to me and and made it correctly and, and delivered it correctly and ended it correctly. So, you know, Friday was, was a good, good vibe and it ended things the way we wanted, but, you know, obviously Saturday nights have to be always the the big one right and i was stressing the fuck out i was having a full-blown panic attack i was literally i did not get to my set till five minutes before i started because that's how much i was just breathing heavily and i was just it was just a lot and you know when i got to the the bachata room i walked in there and it just it didn't make things easier because the room was slammed (laughs) it was just like you couldn't move, and I was like, and you know, you're walking in, and everyone's trying to say hi to you, and I'm just like, yo, leave me alone. Let me just go set up and do my thing, right? And I'm trying not to be an asshole or rude about it, but I just want to get there. And then, you know, when I set up, you know, I, I quickly took a, a look at Duck's history, Nico's history, and I'm like, all right, I got you guys. Because for me, that's all I need to see to make sure that I don't repeat what they played, and I see what what they were playing, so I knew what they were going, so I was able to you know, angle it a certain way. And, and I think that we, we did a good job and we delivered we delivered good on Saturday night that, that weekend. I definitely spent most of my time in the bachata room, if that is <laughs> if that is any indication you guys did really well. But I think it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, stepping back, hopefully people realize that your role in these congresses is is more than just showing up and partying and having fun. And I think recognizing that and being able to cater towards that can really, really change how things are done. I don't know about other cities and and how they have their DJs and the relationships, but if you're saying what you're saying is true with, you know, being able to communicate with your DJs, have that sort of rapport, then I would almost argue it's not just about getting high quality DJs, but it's you could even stay local and have like a really large local team, but as long as they know how to communicate with each other. Oh yeah, and you know what, like that, to me, like that, like that's one of the best bachata teams, DJ teams that I've had, I've had the pleasure to be with, because like, it wasn't just the music and the connection, but it was the fact that all three of us um, genuinely loved each other's music, and we danced to it as much as we could. You know, um, and you can see that, you know, like it was nice that, you know, when I got on, I saw Nico and Duck dancing right in front of me, you know, the two DJs were just ahead of me. And then 
you know, vice versa, like at other, other times when, like on Friday or, or Sunday when I got there early, I was able to hear the opening DJ's entire set and I had a great time. So, you know, it was nice that we were all kind of showing some love and support for each other and I think that that helped as well. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I know that you personally did a lot to make sure the sound quality was really good and I could probably spend hours talking about that more, but I wanted to make sure that this first time around we just kind of got to got to chill, ease into it. Like I said, Cisco will never know what we're talking about. Yeah, that was cut off hard. So I enjoyed taking, I guess, like a bit of the interviewer role here and just picking your brain and hopefully getting to shed some light on on things that I'm not sure people know that is going through a DJ's head. And I can imagine that for any new DJs out there, <laughs> it's probably going to be a shock if you have to figure it out on the spot, going through it. Um, and as far as event organizers who have no idea, maybe this just makes it easier to, to build a better space because at least for me, I'm, I'm glad I can voice it, but I would rather go to a DJ's set where the quality sounds good I know that it's going to make the artists happier, the dancers at every single level happier than go to a room full of superstars where everyone's ears are bleeding. Like our feet are already bleeding because we're in heels. <laughs> <laughs> like spare our ears too. So I think that's something that I want to see the scene internationally push in. I think sound design is freaking phenomenal. This is why we have had to take so many takes on this podcast because we wanted to make sure at least our sound... <laughs> was a reflection of the quality we wanted to to talk about and you know hopefully you all enjoyed listening to this it was definitely more free form but we've talked about wanting to get this out here more than enough times so we wanted to make sure that we had something to start with and you know shoot us some dms some comments some some feedback let us know what you want to hear more about let us know if you heard something that totally surprised you let us know if we're really freaking boring (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly and everything under the sun and um, stay tuned hopefully there's many more to come take care guys thank you guys for listening in these are the honestly these are the conversations that me and Aurora have a lot so these are, this is like for us a normal thing it's pretty normal yeah so we're letting you guys in in a little bit of our relationship as well to we're what just we like discuss. gonna only say nice things about people though so don't ask for any other tea okay <laughs> Coffee only. <laughs> Thumbao talks out. Peace. <laughs>